Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Have your Bibles, let's turn to Joshua uh, chapter 9 today. We've been the past several weeks going over uh, this Old Testament journey of the nation of Israel and uh, finding some truths in Old Testament scripture that helps us in our daily walk today. Uh, we need to always look at scripture as an understanding that God's word still is applicable to our case today. And we're grateful that he always brings revelation and light to his word uh, that causes us to see us in the midst of the scripture and how it applies. So Joshua chapter 9, we've talked in the past several uh, weeks about how that Moses led the children of Israel out of Egypt uh, out of the slavery, led them into the wilderness. Wilderness they spent there for 40 years because of their uh, belief in the lie that they weren't able to do what God called them to do. And we're guilty of that a lot, amen, believing that uh, other people's able to do things through the power of God, but not us. But uh, in God's word, it says that in him there's no respect of persons. Uh, he believes in each of us the same, and he gives us a calling. And whatever he's called you to do, he'll equip you to do it, and he'll cause you to have great success, Scripture even says. So Joshua chapter 9, I want to read. This is a, I want to read it in the New Living Translation. It kind of makes it a little more into today's language uh, than some of the other ones. Starting at verse 1. It says, Now all the kings west of the Jordan River heard about what happened. These were the kings, the Hittites, Amorites, Canaanites, Pezrites, Hivites, and Jebusites who lived in the hill country in the western foothills and along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea as far as the north as the Lebanon Mountains. These kings combined their armies to fight against Joshua and the Israelites. But when the people of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done to Jericho and Ai, they resorted to deception to save themselves. Everybody say deception. They sent ambassadors to Joshua, loading their donkeys with weathered, weathered saddlebags and old patched wineskins. They put on worn out patched sandals and ragged clothes. And the bread they took with them was dry and moldy. When they arrived at the camp of the Israelites at Gilgal, they told Joshua and the men of Israel, We have come from a distant land to ask you to make peace, to make a peace treaty with us. The Israelites replied to these Hivites, How do we know you don't live nearby? For if you do, not, for if you do, we cannot make a treaty with you. Then they replied, We are your servants. But who are you? Joshua demanded. Where are you from? They answered, Your servants have come from a very distant country. We have heard of the mighty Lord your God and all he did in Egypt. When they also heard what he did to the Amorite kings east of the Jordan River, King Shion, Hezbon, and King Og of Bashan, who lived in Nazareth. So the elders and all the people instructed us, take supplies for a long journey, go and meet with the people of Israel, and tell them we are your servants. Please make a treaty with us. Everybody say treaty. 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 Please make a treaty with us. Deception for sure. Verse 12, the bread was hot from our ovens when we left our homes, but now you can see it's dry and moldy. These wineskins were new when we filled them, but now they're old and split open, and our clothing and our sandals are worn out from our very long journey. So the Israelites examined their food, but they did not consult the Lord. 
When Joshua made a peace treaty with them, they gave and guaranteed their safety, and the leaders of the community ratified the agreement with a binding oath. Three days after making the treaty, they learned that these people actually lived nearby. The Israelites set out once to investigate and reached out to the towns in three days. The names of these towns were Gibeon, something starts with a K, Baroth, and another one that starts with a K. But the Israelites did not attack the towns, for Israelites' leaders were made a vow to them in the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. The people of Israel grumbled against their leaders because of the treaty. But the leaders replied, Since we have sworn an oath in the presence of the Lord, the God of Israel, we cannot touch them. This is what we must do. We must let them live, for divine anger would come upon us if we break our oath. Let them live, so that they may be woodcutters and water carriers for the entire community, as the Israelite leaders directed. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, we're grateful for your word. We're grateful that you can teach us and lead us by your spirit. Lord, that your truth would always reign supreme in our life. God, we pray today, Lord, for the deception that's running rampant throughout this earth. Lord, that it would be revealed. Lord, that you would bring light to darkness. Lord, that you would cause your church to rise up and see the truth in what you want us to see. For you're always with us. You're always leading us. You're always guiding us. We just need to listen to you. Help us to hear, O oh God, what your word says to us. In Jesus' name, everybody says, Amen. Amen. The title today is an unsanctioned treaty. Unsanctioned means unapproved. It was not approved by the one having the rights to make the approval. So this treaty that these individuals came to Joshua to receive because they wanted this treaty because they uh, was in fear for their own lives. And a lot of times people will do things that they normally wouldn't do because of fear. And I believe in the church today that sometimes in our lives when we become afraid or have a fear rise up within us, that we make some unwise choices. That sometimes we'll make a treaty to receive peace. But here Joshua was deceived. Joshua was a man of war that God had called as a man of war to come into this new nation. Moses couldn't walk across the river because of some things he had done. So here Joshua comes across the river. He has the great success that God tells him. Walk around the city of Jericho. Walk around it seven days on the seventh day. Walk around it seven times and the walls will fall and it happens. It's a miracle. 75 foot walls around a city come crumbling down at the voice of God through the people of God. So they do this and it's great success. And then they come in and we talked about last week how that they come into Ai and they come into the city and they're going to fight a new battle. And they, they think they can go up there on their own and just with a few. And they go up and they find out they lose because the hand of the Lord isn't with them because there's sin in the camp. And they can sin, found him out. And now we know from last week that once that sin finds you out, that uh, you deal with it, you do away with it. And then they go back into the city of Ai, go to battle again, and the Lord gives them victory. How many likes victory in your life? Amen. How many likes to win? Let's put it that way. I'd rather be a winner than a loser any day. Amen. I always like being on a winning team. That's why you want to be on my basketball team, right, Jason? When I was down there, it's just a winning every time. It's just the winning side is always better. But no, not really. <laughs> I'm not good at basketball at all. I can barely dribble. And I 
definitely couldn't dribble and shoot bubble gum at the same time. That wouldn't work. But Joshua has this great two victories now under his belt, and the people of God and the surrounding communities begin to hear about it. And as they hear about it, they become afraid because they know God is leading this new group of people into this land. And God had promised it to Abraham years and years ago, generations ago. What has God promised you that you ain't, haven't taken hold of yet? What promise from God do you have that you don't possess currently in your hand? I believe God gives us promises. The Bible says they're yes and amen. If he says it, it'll be so. That his word won't return void. Whatever he sends it out to do, that will, it'll accomplish that which it's set out to do. So God's promises to you today are true. So Joshua is leading this charge and he's going in and he's seeing these victories and whenever he gets in the middle of these victories, sometimes we get on a mountaintop and we get these experiences where we're all high and mighty, right? That we're lofty in our position and we think, wow, I'm having success. It's me. I'm the one doing this. And the next thing you know, whenever we think too highly of ourselves, the Bible says pride comes for destruction and a holy spirit before a fall. Amen. A lot of people quote that as saying pride comes for destruction. It doesn't say that. Pride comes before a fall is what everybody quotes, but it's pride comes before uh, destruction, but a haughty spirit before a fall. I think Joshua has a little case of both of these here. He's feeling victory in his veins, and it's, it's fun winning. So as he's winning, this happens. That these neighboring countries get together and they devise this plan because the devil will always send out a line of deception. He will deceive you. He will never tell you the truth. Jesus said he is a liar and the father of all of the lies. Amen. He's the deceiver that, that uh, deceives the brethren. He's the one that the Bible even talks about that even he'll deceive even the very elect if possible. It's a scary thing to live in this life of deception. And sometimes we hear these voices and we hear these things. But the thing is, what are we going to sign a treaty with? Or am I going to believe this, this voices that other people tell me or am I going to believe the voice of God? So the book study we just did during the uh, uh, recent uh, connection groups was the book Whisper, written by Mark Batterson. It was an excellent book. Anybody that went that, I know Ernie went with the, down at Joann's and read the book and up at Craig's and Amazon. It was just awesome getting to read that book to hear and, and study about how to hear the voice of God and the ways and the, sometimes the manner that God speaks and sometimes it's different than our normal that we understand it to be. But God's voice is still speaking today. Most likely, it's going to speak, in my belief, through this word, through this scripture, through this Bible that we hold in our laps and hold dearly to our hearts. This is the voice of God. Amen. And anything, any voice you hear that is contrary to this is contrary to God. Amen? Amen? If this word doesn't uh, back up what you're hearing, then you need to understand and know today, I'm going to live by the word of God. Amen. The Bible says live by it and, and, and let your uh, feet be established in your goings by the word of God. That it will prepare a way before you. So as Joshua's hearing these things and these other people come and they, they come in deception to deceive him. And whenever they walk up and they've got these old clothes on and these old shoes and these old wrinkly clothes and dirty. They've even went so far as to devise this plan to think I need to take some moldy bread so that he'll think we came a long distance. Back then, they didn't have glass bottles and all the different things that we have today. They didn't have no mason jars to carry stuff around in. They had wineskins. 
And it was actually a, a skin off an animal that they would sew together. And whenever they would place wine in it, it would, it would expand out. And eventually they would become old and dry rotted and crack. So they even went so far as to devise this thinking, let's take the old dry skin, wine skins with us. And then whenever we get to Joshua, we'll be able to deceive him because we've got a proof, documented proof of where we came from. And when I was thinking about this story and how it would apply to us today, I believe in our nation that deception is running rampant in our society. Amen? Amen? It's easy to be deceived because there's a lot of proofs out there that makes it look like it's real. If you believe for a minute that CNN is telling you the truth, you're deceived. And the same on the opposite end of the camp. If you believe that Fox News is the only truth on the planet, you're being deceived. Amen. This is the truth. They can they give you all kinds of documents to tell you, well, this is the way it is or that's the way it is. But the thing is, we have to decide today, whose voice am I going to listen to? What am I going to hear? Am I going to hear Shepherd Smith or am I going to hear the Good Shepherd? Amen. I have to decide. So today, the deception is still a reality in our life today, just as it was for Joshua. Amen. But the thing was, it says Joshua, he didn't inspire or he didn't listen to God. He didn't inquire of the Lord. How many's ever had to make a, a, a big decision, a life-altering decision, whether it's a new job, whether it's buying the car or not? Amen? We, whatever decision you have to make in your life, how many ask God? We should always. Amen? Amen? Because if God, if I'm telling you, God's voice will speak to you if you listen. But Joshua didn't even require the Lord. He didn't even, he didn't even go to God and say, well, who's these people? Are they trying to deceive me or not? Can I tell you today that sometimes people that say, says they're your friends is not your friend? Amen. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Anybody ever been let down by a friend? Amen. It's like they're using the ones that are closest to you, got their arms wrapped around you, raising them because they got a knife to stick in your back. Right? That's what Joshua had to happen here. He didn't inquire of the Lord. He didn't go to ask God, well, what's your opinion of this, God? Amen. So he makes this decision on his own with the children of Israel, with the leaders, and he goes to them. And the Bible says in a multitude of counselors, there's wisdom. Yes, there is. Amen. Amen. You should surround yourself by people with some gray hair. Not gray beard, gray hair. Two different things. My hair's still halfway collared. There is wisdom out there to be had. And there's, there's wisdom in counselors. I listened to a preacher this past week and he said this. He said that uh, wise people need counsel less but desire it more. Wise people need counsel less but they desire it more. People that's wiser, that's smarter are people that ask questions. Amen? There's nothing wrong with, with uh, being a little suspicious. Look over your neighbor and just give him a good suspicious look. The most suspicious look you can give. Man, come you got that nailed down. He, <laughs> Josiah, you should have been scared right there, brother. He, Cubby had that nailed. He was, he was on that. <laughs> yeah. Be a little suspicious. I ain't telling you to don't have any friends. I ain't telling you to not be friendly. And show, but also, if you show yourself friendly, you'll have a lot of friends. We should have friends. But I want some wise friends, don't you? I want friends that's going to tell me the truth. 
I want friends that's going to go to God and ask God because whenever I, maybe I'm, I'm just set in my ways and I'm ready to make my own decision just like Joshua was. A lot of people went to a group of counselors that said, no, Joshua, we're the leaders here and we're supposed to ask God. How many like to have that kind of counsel? Amen. Where friends will say, let's go to God and get an answer and let's go pray. Let's go get at the foot of the cross and ask Jesus to give it, uh, uh, inspire us and let us understand what's going on here. That he will reveal any deception that's happening. An unsanctioned treaty is any treaty that God doesn't sign. Listen to me, church. Anything in your life that you make the decision and don't ask God, it's unsanctioned by heaven. God's plan is the best plan. And it just always amazes me how these messages that I line up in November, that I just sit there and pray through the month of November and the end of December, just, God, give me, the, give me the words for next year. I didn't know that this is going to come up during the week. When there's a young man walks into a Florida school and takes 17 lives because he wants to. It in society, it's easy for us to get all emotional and make rash decisions ourselves. And as I pray about that and those situations that come about, it's hard. And it's hard to stand up and say, I'm going to pray for that young man. I heard a few preachers this week say it. I'm going to pray for that young man. It's a lot easier to get on the bandwagon and say he needs to be condemned to hell how he knows that's an unsanctioned treaty. Because Jesus died for that young man and his sins just as much as he died for my sins. Amen. And I, I'm, not, I'm not letting him off and I'm not saying that he don't need to uh, go before the judge and the laws of the land and all that. I'm just saying we need to pray that God would allow deception in our society to come into the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm ready for young people to know the God of heaven rather than the imps of darkness that plague their mind to think it's okay to do that sort of thing. That's pure deception. Amen? Amen. It's pure deception for a devil to tell some young man, you have the right and you can walk into that school and take 17 lives and think you're okay. It's deception in a in a realm that I can't even understand. But in Ephesians it says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and darkness. We don't wrestle against that flesh and blood. I'm not fighting. And whatever your friend is somebody that lets you down, you're not wrestling with that individual. Come on, church. It's a principality that the prince of darkness is working through their life to get at you because he wants you isolated not having any friends. Amen? So whenever, whenever that is happening, just pray. And don't give up on your friend because of one instance that they let you down and they didn't come through for you. I'm sure you've let them down before too. But sometimes we paint a better picture of ourselves than we do of others. Amen? Amen? One of the wisest pastors that I ever talked to, Brother Overton down at Fastburg, he would say this all the time. He said, people are never as bad as their enemies want you to believe they are. And they're never as good as they want you to think they are. This is the truth. 
deception. Am I deceived? Have you ever been deceived? I have. Been let down. Galatians chapter 6 verse 7 says this, Be not deceived. That's the words. Be not deceived. Everybody say that with me. That wasn't very loud. Let's do it one more time. Be not uh, it still wasn't loud enough. We did a little bit louder so everybody understands. Be not kids could have done a better job downstairs than that. Come on. Be not deceived, right? And then it goes on to say, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. With the same measure that he sows, the same shall he also reap also. So if you're wanting to grow corn, and you're wanting to can 175 quarts of corn this fall. Whenever you go out and plow out your ground, you better not just take one little kernel out there and think, well, I'm just going to plant this, and this, this stalk's going to grow up, and it's going to have like 350 bushel of corn on it. That's not wise, is it? You've got to plant rows of corn in order to can 175, right? Green beans, whatever you want to, pickles, I don't even like them. Remember, grow some cucumbers and grow some pickles. Most people don't even know they're cucumbers. Just rotted cucumbers is all they are. I don't want no pickles. It's nasty. Be not deceived. God's not mocked for whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. So let's think about this in farmer's terms, in farmer's almanac. What do you need to be sowing? What do you want in life? You want people to love you? How many would like for your friends to love you? Guess what you should sow? Go plant love out there in that row and see if the harvest don't come back. Amen. Amen. What if somebody lacking joy? Is anybody like to have a little more joy? Where you joy of the Lord is our strength, right? How many like to have some strength? You better get the joy of the Lord. You better be happy like Ernie. He comes in, his knees hurting down the back and, and having a hard time driving down there. And he comes in and says, hey, how you doing? Everybody just joy bubbling over, right? It's the strength of the Lord. But if you want that, then go out and sow joy in somebody else's life. Make other people happy. And when you do so, it'll come back to you. Don't be deceived in thinking that you can plant sorrow, that you can plant uh, uh, hatred and all these different seeds that something else is going to come back to you. You're going to get what you've sown. I can't plant corn in the spring and expect green beans in the fall. And God is telling us today that Joshua didn't inquire the Lord. He didn't listen. And when he didn't listen, he made a treaty and signed this treaty with this group of people that live real close by. Unsanctioned treaty. And little did he know this one decision. The same exact battle that's happening in the nation of Israel today is this group of people that he signed with over 4,000 years ago. See, a lot of times we think about how it affects us. What if it's less about how it affects us than it is those little guys down there in the basement today? What if the unsanctioned treaties of our life that we sign in deception with the devil, that he deceives us, what if it affects them more than it does us? The Bible says that they'll pay for the sins of their father. Sometimes it even goes to generations deep. The curse of their fathers. It's sad. I would rather leave a life of blessing, wouldn't you? Joshua's unsanctioned treaty caused devastation to the nation of Israel. 
but it come right after victory. Today, we have a decision to make. What am I going to do? There's all kinds of scriptures that I had broke down. In Romans, it talks about it. Romans chapter 8, I love it, that there's no condemnation. It tells us that we can groan and, and utterances will come out and we and that the Holy Spirit can pray for us even when we don't even know how to pray. Has anybody ever been there? Don't even know what to say. And God can pray for you and with you and through you. It's Romans chapter 8. It says that love is what it's about. And I'm tired of the deception that the world we live in, that society is being deceived. It's sad in reality. Sometimes it's things, and I, I don't mean to get off of where I need to go, but I just got to say this. We can't, the governor said it two or three days ago of Kentucky, and I don't agree with everything he says, but he did say this. He said, talking about the issue of what happened down in Florida, he said, we can't expect society to be any different than what we're teaching them and leading our children. He said, you can't sit in front of a video game 24 hours a day, all day long, shooting and killing people and not expect a harvest not to come back in your mind where you think it's okay to go shoot and kill people. I played those games. I'm no better than Cubby. I've I played those games. You've played those games. Don't tell me you haven't. Yeah, Josiah has too. Anybody else ever played one of those games? I've played those games. And I know it's not it's more fun than Mario Kart or whatever. <laughs> but Luigi falling off of a railroad trestle, we can tell it's a cartoon, right? The other ones are graphic. And it's becoming even more so with these new uh, imaging things and glasses, Google glasses and all the stuff they're doing. It's becoming where it's a virtual reality world. And we can't expect society to get better when we're promoting darkness and evil. And I'm not saying it's every video game to the devil. I'm just saying the devil will use whatever tools he can. He used bread in the Bible. Moldy bread to deceive somebody in the Bible. What can he use in our world to deceive us? I'm tired of being deceived. I want the truth, don't you? Jesus taught this. He said, if you know the truth, the truth will make you free. The truth will make you free. Won't you stand? Twelve thirty. I really am praying that by learning these Old Testament truths that God is going to reveal some things and bring the darkness out in our society to be revealed as the truth that it is that it's bringing harm and not good. Oft times Joshua had to look back on this event and think about the time and the place where that he signed a treaty. And sometimes it doesn't have to be physical. I'm not telling you that I'm going to roll out some big treaty that you're going to sign here today and it's a physical written document you have to sign. Some things are spiritual. The Bible says, Let him that is spiritual judge all things. 
It's in Corinthians that says that. But there's a spiritual treaty that the enemy gets us to sign, that he deceives us to believe, I can get by with this and it's going to be okay. I don't have to ask God this time. And I'm tired of being deceived. Everybody say it with me. Be not deceived. Be not deceived. I listen to I, Rachel a few weeks ago. I said Amy. It's Rachel. I was talking to her and she was talking about that she wanted to take a job. And she, she quit a good paying job. Made really good money at this job and she quit to spend time with her kid. Why? Because Braden means more than the job. And now they offered her the job at the school and it, it doesn't pay all that much. And she was telling me about how that, where she was uh, deciding and praying about and seeking, you know, do I take the job or not? And she was praying about it and she said the enemy was whispering in her ear that that's her worth. That's a lie from the pit of hell. My worth is not based on money. My worth is based on what Jesus did on the cross. That's how much you're worth. And Rachel made a decision to go and take that job at the school for her son. That's important. Don't listen to the lies of the enemy. Because he'll whisper in your ear and say that's all you're worth. And cause you to go through depression and anxiety and all these different things and bring on all this stuff. Don't listen to that. God's telling you in this place today, you're worth a lot. He gave his son for you. If you want to know your worth, Rachel, that's your worth. It's what Jesus did on the cross. There's a lot of you in this room today that may say, Pastor Ben, that's speaking right to me because sometimes I hear that I ain't worth a lot. Maybe it's your parents that told you, you'll never grow up, you'll never be anything. You ain't fit for nothing. Don't listen to that. That's an unsanctioned treaty. The God of heaven is saying you're worth it all. Won't you bow your head and close your eyes? Everybody in this room, bow your head and close your eyes. Is there anybody in this room today that will say, Pastor Ben, I'm sick of signing unsanctioned treaties. And I'm ready to sign a treaty today with God and expect a life of blessing. I'm tired of being cursed. I'm tired of being deceived. And I want to live a life of blessings. Is there anybody here? Raise your hand and say, that's me. I want to live a life of blessing. Amen. Amen. I'm tired of deception. Thank you so much for all those hands. Put them down. Let us pray. Father, I thank you for this day. Lord, I rejoice in the joy of my salvation. And God, I come into this place today knowing, God, that you're going to reveal darkness. And God, it's in my life. It's in the lives of those individuals that raised their hands today. And even those that didn't, God, some of them are standing here thinking, God, that they are tired of living the life of deception. And God, they're ready to reveal today 
And God, I just pray for every one of those people today, Lord, that you would empower them. Lord, that they are not wrestling against flesh and blood. That it's not their friends that they're against. It's not their family that they're against. Lord, that it's not those that cause them harm or cause them pain. But God, they could live a life of freedom. Lord, that they would quit signing those unsanctioned treaties, God, where the devil is trying to tell them, give up on that person. Let them go. They're not worth your time. God, I pray today that you would open doors. That you would reveal your light, God, that would tear down the darkness of this world, that there will be no deception on any life in this room. God, that we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but it's principalities and powers. And we tear down those things today. By the blood of Jesus, we declare them to be torn apart and wrecked in our world. Lord, that we could have the light of the gospel going in our community. God, help us to always be abiding in your truth. Help your word to establish our goings. Lighten our path, God. Let us cast our burdens on you because your word tells us to. God, help every person in this room to leave feeling like they've left a burden at the altar of the cross. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. amen.